You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 366, entitled The Best Equipment Brand to Buy for Your Lawn Care Business. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through. And on that uh, note, uh, just a quick uh, reminder for those of you that uh, have been listening to the podcast uh, each and every week. And actually, if you're new to the podcast, uh, I've had uh, some people reach out to me as well that uh, have just uh, recently discovered the podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the episodes and you get value from the episodes to uh, make sure you, uh, if at all possible, uh, to uh, take a moment and uh, leave a review on iTunes that it would be uh, very much appreciated. Uh, as I've mentioned uh, in past episodes, uh, you know, the reason uh, iTunes is so important and you'll see other people uh, talking about iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, in particular is uh, because a lot of the other uh, podcast uh, uh, players and all that sort of stuff uh get their podcasts from uh, iTunes or from Apple Podcasts as it's uh, now known. Uh, so uh, the main uh, sort of feed uh, comes from there. So uh, yeah, it uh, influences a lot of other uh, types of uh, podcast uh, players, uh, sort of the smaller little apps and stuff uh, that some people uh, like to use uh, to listen to their podcasts. So uh, yeah, if you haven't uh, had a chance to do that yet, if it's at all possible to uh, leave a review on iTunes, and if you can't uh, or not an Apple user and you don't uh, have an iPhone or anything like that uh, and you're uh, you know rather uh, leave a review on Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever else you listen to the podcast uh, if they've got a, a, a way to review uh, then uh, leave a review there uh, either way uh, as I said uh, very much appreciated if you're able to uh, do that. So hopefully you guys are all uh, doing uh, well this week. Uh, we're uh, mid-July here. Lawns are starting. I know I talked months and months and months about rain, 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 rain. And, uh, you know, we finally got uh, a bit of a heat wave uh, the last couple weeks. And it's amazing to me how fast lawns have uh, started to dry out, starting to get uh, a little bit crispy. Uh, we had uh, some overcast weather over the weekend and uh, was able to... Um, uh, get some things done around the house, some small projects uh, around the house uh, during the day and on the, the weekend. And uh, it was another instance uh, this week, almost three weeks in a row now, uh, where I was uh, able to use that Milwaukee chainsaw. It's becoming my new favorite tool. I've had the thing for a few years and, uh, you know, really only used it like once a year. And uh, just this year now, uh, you know, I've used it three times and uh, it's just a fantastic tool. So quiet to be able to, uh, you know, uh, pull it out. I was uh, building a, a small landscape project in the backyard, building uh, using like four by four uh, pressure treated uh, lumber type uh, posts or beams uh, and uh, making a 16 sided uh, polygon shaped uh enclosure, I guess you could say, uh, or frame on the ground. I've got this area uh, in my yard where uh, a few years ago I took out uh, part of the grass and put uh, just round, uh, small, like one-inch rock uh, down just to keep it clean, some weed barrier fabric and all that sort of stuff. And it was sort of an area to put the trampoline for the kids. And in the summertime, we would transition, move the trampoline off to a different area and then put uh, one of those uh, you know portable swimming pools uh, that you can kind of uh, fill and stuff. And it was uh, one of those things where it worked all right. Uh, it was a bit sore on your feet, uh, even with tarps and padding and stuff down first. Uh, you could still feel uh, the stones under there. And 
the yard had sort of a natural slope to it. Uh, so it wasn't always perfectly level, but the, we had one of those little, you know, uh, uh, like inflatable ring type pools, the kind that have like kind of that air filled donut at the top that you fill up and then you fill sort of like this bladder with water and that, um, donut kind of raises up and, uh, creates sort of the sides of the pool. And those pools are actually quite forgiving, uh, that I'm seeing, uh, now that uh, I've kind of, uh, changed. And we had that pool for actually 14 years, uh, just setting up just during July and August and then putting it away, uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, so then this uh, last year, last couple of years, the pool was on its sort of last legs. The, the actual body of the pool and the uh, inside, like the floor, the liner, all that stuff was fine. But it was that inflatable ring that uh, just over years of UV and stuff just started to like you would touch it and it would fall apart. Uh, and and uh, last year, uh, it barely held any air Uh you know, past the sort of first week of setting up the pool, we ended up having to like cut uh, holes in the side of it and like stuff a bunch of pool noodles uh, around it to keep it uh, afloat. And that worked all right, but it wasn't uh, obviously the greatest, but it was enough to get us through, uh, you know, that last year uh, just to, uh, you know, finish off uh, uh, that season. And then uh, this year we decided to try uh, a different type of uh, portable pool. Uh, we got one of the ones uh, where it's like a steel frame that you put up and then it has that sort of like that flexible fabric uh, bladder that kind of fits around it. Uh, still, uh, you know, a very um, temporary type solution. Uh, but, you know, here we only get, really get the hot weather, you know, July and August and stuff. So it works for me. Uh, so, but I decided uh, that, you know what, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to remove that gravel because it was sore on your feet. Uh, and also it wasn't, you know, quite level. So I'll build this, uh, you know, the, the pool is like a 16 sided polygon shape. Uh, so decided, you know, I'm going to take those landscape ties, those like four by four, um, jumbo sized ties build a frame that matches uh, the uh, contours of uh, the pool exactly uh, and then uh, you know we can set that in there put some sand in that area make sure all those uh, uh, that polygon uh, wood frame is all nice and level then uh, fill in uh, you know the sand uh, and level that and then it's gonna be nice and soft and stuff and then uh, I'm thinking what I might try to do because I was thinking one of the reasons that kind of held me back from doing that in those past years was that the pool is only set up for a couple months. And, uh, you know, once you take that down, I didn't want to have this big, you know, basically kitty litter box sitting in my backyard for, uh, you know, neighborhood cats and stuff to be coming into this, uh, you know, big sandbox uh, and doing their uh, business in there. So I was trying to think of, uh, you know, different options and stuff uh, to, uh, you know, deal with that. And what I might do uh, sort of, that I'm thinking is um, to do like pavers in it, uh, just to uh, put some paved stone or paving bricks or whatever you want to call it, uh, and just uh, do all that, you know, now that it's all like perfectly level, do all that. And then that way in the summertime, you can just put like a quick little foam pad or something down, set up the pool. It's always level, so it'll be quick. And then when you take down the pool, then you got this nice paved stone sort of patio there that you could, you know, put some Adenac chairs around or something and just have an extra seating area that rest of the year uh, and just, uh, you know, uh, utilize that space more. So I think that might be uh, what I'm going to try to do with it. Uh, but for now, uh, just because it's mid-July, you only have sort of six weeks of summer left. Uh, we just, uh, you know, leveled it out with the, that sand layer, about two inches of sand down there and then uh, got the pool set up and going. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it, uh, so far so good. Started to fill it with water. It's got about a foot of water in there at the moment, and uh, it's looking all nice and level and stuff. So it uh, looks like uh, we uh, did a good job with that. Uh, just uh, now the wait uh, to get it uh, to completely fill up. And uh, on a side note, uh, another, you know, great little project uh, to offer clients, uh, building those pool uh, surrounds uh, for those temporary pools for uh, clients that don't have, uh, you know, yards that are completely level or, you know, uh, even even putting those pools on your lawn. In some cases, I've, you know, I used to do that in the past as well. And, you know, obviously it kills the lawn, uh, but you can feel all the, you know, once the weight of the water is on there and it compacts the soil, you can feel all, you know, any rocks or pebbles or anything that you might have uh 
on there uh, is, you know, you completely feel it. So uh, building these little, uh, you know, four by four type posts, uh, frames, and then uh, leveling it with sand and stuff could be a, you know, a quick, easy project uh, for you to offer. I know I talked about, uh, you know, different jobs you could do uh, in the summer in last week's uh, episode. This is another one uh, that is easy to do to build these little uh, sort of framed in enclosures for, uh, you know, trampolines and stuff where, you know, you wouldn't necessarily do it with sand, but you might do it with uh, bark mulch or things like that to put a trampoline on so you're not having to move it for mowing and stuff like that. Uh, or, uh, you know, if people want a place to put, uh, you know, their swimming pool, have a nice soft uh, sand layer uh, to set up one of these uh, temporary pools. And, uh, you know, I was actually uh, talking to my brother-in-law about it and uh, he has actually actually done that uh, a couple of times now uh, and built those uh, framed and he basically just did like a square box for a couple of clients actually went to uh, one of his clients houses in the neighborhood because uh, he was uh, building one for his backyard as well he bought the same style of pool uh, this year so he was building that and I was like you know what I'm gonna I kept bucking him saying uh, so uh, you know uh, first time setting up one of these sort of steel frame pools so we're like hey I was like uh, asking him you know have you set up your pool yet I'm waiting for you to do yours so uh, you can tell me uh, what not to do or you know what went wrong so I can uh, you know avoid uh, that mistake uh, so uh, he actually said well actually I did one for my client uh, uh, you know in the neighborhood if you want to come over we can walk over there and I can show you and they've got a, like this massive uh, pool it's uh, quite a large one I think it's a 20 foot uh, round one uh, and like five foot deep uh, so uh, I went to go look at that and saw the box that he built there and you know it just cleans it all up makes it look nice you get a nice level area nice soft uh, surface there so yeah just another uh, neat uh, and quick little project uh, that you can do he was doing sort of the square shaped ones. I decided to, to go a little bit more complex. Uh, and uh, I didn't want like sort of the corners of the square to show uh, when the pool's in there. So I thought, you know, what if I go take my time and uh, figure out all the angles and stuff and actually do sort of that uh, 14 sided polygon, uh, which is what the pool is. It's 14 sides. Uh, so uh, do that uh, so that it's just, you know, almost like a perfect fit uh, for the pool. It's a little bit bigger, but, uh, you know, it uh, it fits really good. I'll post some pictures on uh, Instagram once it's all uh, up and uh, set up and running uh, of sort of uh, that construction uh, process uh, to show you guys. Uh, but yeah, nice little uh, side, uh, quick, easy project, uh, you know, a day or so, day and a half uh, to do something like that, uh, knock it out uh, and get uh, done. Just, uh, yeah, quick little uh, landscaping project. Uh, a good one to do if you're, uh, you know, just you know, mostly doing lawn care, thinking about uh, sort of uh, getting your... Uh, you know, dipping your toes, so to speak, uh, into uh, some landscaping projects. Uh, it's a, a nice, uh, like I say, a nice easy one to do that you can knock out and uh, not be too uh, overly uh, concerned about. Uh, it's not too complex. You can start with, you know, the, the basic square boxes and stuff for a lot of them. Uh, his client, uh, uh, the one that he did uh, for that large pool that was square, uh, you know, he did that with a sand layer and all that stuff, and uh, they set up their pool, and then once they were done, they then went around because they were leaving their pool up all year long, and they actually ended up filling out the rest of the box, so the corners and stuff with bark mulch and stuff, and they actually planted plants and stuff around. It looked really nice. I don't know if I would do bark mulch and stuff, um, you know, um, just because of, you know, weeds and stuff like that. I might do, you know, I would maybe do like rock or something just to clean it up. Uh, but either way, it uh, looked really nice. I finished it off and uh, looked, uh, yeah, looked uh, really good. So uh, this week, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, when you're starting your lawn care business or you're, you know, going into it, you see all these different recommendations for products, uh, whether you're online or you're from your dealer and I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, my advice to you guys uh, starting out on, you know, sort of the best equipment brands uh, to use for your lawn care business. But first, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsor. So uh, stay tuned. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. 
Okay, so obviously, uh, with the sponsor of the podcast, Xmark is uh, one of my favorite brands to use. Uh, and uh, it's obviously, uh, you know, from my videos, if you guys watch me on YouTube and watch my videos and the reviews and stuff, uh, I've had a very positive experience uh, with Xmark as a brand. But that's not to say that Xmark is the be-all and all uh, for brands. It's obviously something I would recommend to you guys based on my own experience. I started using Xmark mowers uh, before you know they were a sponsor for this podcast. Before um, you know uh, all of this uh, sort of you know YouTube and all that sort of stuff, uh, getting into uh, all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, my first, uh, Xmark mower was that, uh, a 36 inch Viking walk behind and, uh, you know, went on to uh, get a turf tracer walk behind. And then, uh, of course, uh, with all of the recent mowers, the commercial 21, the commercial 30, the stars 32, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, the 42 inch, uh, navigator. And, uh, they've all been fantastic, uh, mowers for the most part, little, uh, you know, not every product uh, or tool is going to be perfect. If anybody tells you that, uh, you know, something is the be all end all, then, uh, you know, all I can say is that they're probably lying. There's always room for improvement. Uh, but what I really like about Xmark uh, that gives me the confidence to, you know, recommend it to you guys is that, you know, they've proven to me, at least, um, that they're open to that uh, criticism, that they're open to those suggestions and those improvements. Uh, you know, with, um, you know, some of the products uh, that I've been testing for them, you know, I've given them direct uh you know, criticism. I've pointed out things where, uh, you know, for example, the Stars 32 inch mower with their bagger kit, the adapter that's required for that bagger kit. Um, you know, it was completely I'm not sure how it got designed the way it did, but it had a major flaw in the design of that adapter that you needed to adapt sort of their generic bagger kit that fits multiple mowers to that specific uh, Xmark Stars 32 inch standard mower. And, you know, I did a video on that and uh, put it on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, my sort of my review of the Xmark Stars. And that's one of the things I pointed out uh, that I didn't like about that mower because I'm here in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, we have to uh, bag a lot of properties. Uh, you know, I pointed out that design, that it was flawed, that adapter, that, uh, you know, depending on the ground and, you know, if you're getting too close to you sort of like mowing along sort of a slope or something, that uh, adapter had a little piece that uh, hung down a little bit too low. It hung down lower than actually the blades. Uh, and it would actually gouge the lawn. Like you would go along and then look back and there'd be like this big strip of grass gone where it would just tear the lawn out. Uh, you know, and, you know, in, you know, Xmark's defense, I know they have a <clears throat> large testing facility there in Nebraska. They've got this huge acreage that they can go out and test their mowers. But from, you know, photos that I've seen of the place, it looks to be completely level and flat. And that's, you know, probably, um, you know, a, it's obviously great to test large format mowers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's not the reality in most situations, at least in my thing. I was about to say, you know, it's not the reality in most situations. But, you know, in the U.S., I know that there's a lot of acreages, a lot of properties that are nice and flat and level and stuff like that. Uh, here in the city, you know, especially where I'm at, uh, it's a lot of hills and stuff like that as well. A lot of lawns aren't perfectly flat and level. So, you know, typically with a lot of the lawns that I'm doing, you know, I encounter different elevation changes and slopes and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that may have been something that, you know, they designed and they, you know, put it on their mowers and they did their testing out there on their uh, test, uh, uh, you know, plot there that they uh, do. And, uh, you know, it didn't encounter any issues until, you know, some of the first people, myself included, were able to get out, you know, get my hands on one, use it and then encounter that issue. But like I said, what I liked, what I really liked about Xmark that they sort of proved to me is that even though I did that video and, you know, they're a sponsor of the podcast, I thought, okay, you know, this is kind of tough because 
they're a sponsor of the podcast. I don't want to, you know, kind of, you know, it's kind of tough to point out bad things. But obviously, like I said to you guys, it's not, not every product is perfect. There's always going to be something wrong with everything. Uh, so, you know, just being honest with you guys, right? Having to point out, and that's why a lot of my, you know, review videos now, I always put that, you know, honest review. So you guys know that I'm going to uh, tell you guys about the good and the bad equally about a product, regardless of, um, you know, what may result from that in terms of whether a company you know, stops being a sponsor of the podcast or something like that, or uh, stops working with me or stops, uh, you know, sending me equipment to try out or whatever the case may be, because they don't like. Uh, and, um, but I'd rather do that than tell you guys or lead you guys down the wrong path, just for the sake of trying to cash in on, you know, a sponsorship or something like that. And, you know, having to live with myself after knowing because I get the comments from you guys that there are, um, you know, when something new comes out or something like that, I you know get comments like, I'll wait till you try it out and let me know what you think before I buy one is a common uh, comment that I have seen. And that puts a lot of, um, you know, that weighs a lot on me, uh, because I don't want to steer you guys wrong. I don't want to uh, recommend stuff that isn't good. And that's why I, as you've heard, uh, I'm sure on this podcast, I've talked a lot about, you know, I was in that Echo UAG program for five years. Um, you know, they flew, flew me out to Chicago a bunch of times. Uh, they sent me a bunch of Echo products, um, and you know, there's a couple times here in the last couple of years where their, you know, products just didn't live up to the quality that I was used to their trimmers, all that sort of stuff. Love echo products would still recommend echo products, even though I'm not in the UAG program anymore. Uh, but there's a couple of uh, products that, you know, I wouldn't recommend that, uh, fertilizer spreader, the RB60, uh, I would, I could not, um, in good faith, recommend anybody buy that product. And, you know, I put out a video uh, last year, uh, kind of talking about the issues. I actually had to do multiple videos because I started having more issues. Uh, and, um, you know, I heard from a lot of people that purchased them and encountered the same issues, uh, sometimes even faster than what I had. Uh, you know, that uh, spreader didn't even last a year for me. So, it's one of those things. Like I had to be honest about it. Uh, the new uh, Echo DLM twenty one hundred SP, the self propelled fifty six volt mower. I'm sure their fifty six volt lineup is probably pretty good uh, as a whole in terms of their trimmers and stuff. They seem to be kind of on par in quality with their regular gas stuff. But that 21 inch mower, it's not made by them. Uh, it's made by a different company. It just has the Echo name on it. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of room for improvement on that uh, mower. And again, it's not something that I would recommend, uh, especially if you're thinking about using it for, um, you know, a lawn care business. Uh, if you're thinking about picking one up as a homeowner to use, you might be able to get away with it. But at the, I would say, depending on what you're paying for it, I think the manufacturer suggested the MSRP on that thing is $499 US. Uh, so $500 US for that to Echo DLM 2100SP. And at $400 or $500 US, I, even as, as a homeowner, I would not spend that much money on that more. Um, it's, it just does not, it just has too many, and it might be because I'm a, you know, commercial guy and I'm used to, com you know, high quality commercial lawnmowers like the X marks and the Hondas previously for like 21 inch mowers and stuff like that. But that whole self propel system on that, uh, DLM 2100 just lets the whole experience down the, the, the way that it locks up the wheels, um, uh, 
when you let go of the self-propeller. So if you're doing a straight run and then you let go of the self-propeller to, uh, you know, to get thing, you have to literally wait for it to basically disengage uh, the transmission. Otherwise the wheels lock up and then you can't turn, you can't pull backwards. You have to literally stop. It's so frustrating to use. Uh, and, uh, you know, the battery just seems kind of inconsistent with it where sometimes it's like, I'll mow the lawn and it seems like it has a decent amount of power. And then other days it just seems just so slow and it's struggling. Um, so it's just a very, uh, in, um, inconsistent experience with it. So again, just another product, uh, that, uh, you know, I can't recommend. Uh, so it's one of those things where, you know, you look at, a one of like the SRM, um, uh, you know, the trimmers and stuff like that. Uh, the 26, what is it? The 20, uh, I can't remember the model names uh, right off the top of my head. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of the X series stuff that Echo puts out, uh, is all high quality stuff. Their two stroke power equipment is high quality. Uh, you know, I haven't had any real issues, uh, to speak of, uh, with any of that stuff uh, and, uh, would recommend it. On the other side with like steel and stuff like that, a huge brand, just a massive uh, brand in power equipment. Uh, and my experience with steel is uh, basically, you know, if you're able to stick to the two stroke, the true two stroke steel equipment, you'll be fine. Um, so, you know, with my um, MS, uh, I think it's MS 170 chainsaw, you know, even though, you know, I only use it sparingly or I did before the, you know, I got the Milwaukee, um, I could still, you know, it would still run. It would still get it to start. Uh, it might take a while to get it going and stuff, but I could eventually get the thing going. Same with uh, the HS45 hedge trimmer. You know, it always, uh, once you got it running and stuff like that, it, you know, never gave me any issues. But you get into those things like the uh, KM110 combi system and things like that, where it was using that four mix motor. So it's still a two stroke motor, but it's that four mix uh, technology where then it has like valves and things like that. It just is way overcomplicated uh, and just have nothing but uh, personally, from my own experience, nothing but issues with those uh, uh, steel Formix motors. Uh, so, you know, and they used to be uh, more heavily advertised, I think, when Formix came out is more of a big deal. Now it's kind of hard to find sometimes the documentation, whether it is a Formix motor or not a Formix motor, or just a standard like two-stroke uh, motor. Um and that's part of where that reliability with the Echo stuff comes in is that they don't have any of that four mix type stuff. It's just straight basic two stroke motors. Uh, so a lot, uh, simpler machine. There's no valves. There's none of that stuff. Uh, so always, uh, you know, very, uh, reliable, uh, so to speak. So. Uh, with that uh, steel stuff, uh, you know, my own experience is to, uh, you know, stick to uh, the true two-stroke stuff. I would shy away from anything that is like a four-mix type motor uh, just because of my own personal experience. Just never had any luck with it. You know, I could get them to run, um, but it just requires so much maintenance over time um, with valve adjustments constantly uh you know, going out of adjustment and needing uh, that to be tweaked all the time. For me, it was like, you know, I could get it to go for maybe a month before it would need to be uh, valves adjusted and stuff like that. So it just became very frustrating. It starts to get, uh, you know, as they go out of adjustment, it gets harder to start and all that sort of stuff. So uh, just one of those things. Uh, so the biggest uh, piece of advice that I can give you guys, because, you know, you follow your favorite uh, YouTubers, your favorite social media guys, your favorite podcasters, whatever the case may be, you're going to get a lot of advice from different people on different brands and stuff like that. And sometimes they're not quite, uh, you're not, they're not going to be as honest uh, as I am when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of guys that glance over uh, their reviews, uh, you know, on the uh, the what's, uh, you know, not so good part of it uh, and talk about just uh, all the good stuff or kind of leave it up to the viewer to decide uh, and don't really want to uh, say anything negatively because then it affects their, you know, could obviously affect their relationship uh, with those brands and uh, they don't want to do uh, stuff like that. Um, 
So, you know, my advice uh, is to always take whatever you hear from any sort of YouTuber, uh, podcaster, you know, social media, quote unquote, influencer, uh, with a grain of salt, always remember that, uh, you know, if they're working with a brand or something like that, that, that could be an influencing factor. Um, unless I will put a caveat there, unless, you know, you do see that, uh, groundwork being done or sort of that precedent uh where that person is honest um and you know i'm you know of course going to use myself as that example where you know they are not always you know it's not all sunshines and rainbows with everything uh, that there are products that they're um talking about by those brands that do have issues that do have problems because that's the reality nothing is perfect there's room for improvement with every product some companies, um, like I say, are open to that. And, you know, uh, that story uh, with the Xmark stuff, when I made that video and I pointed out those issues with that Starus, um, you know, I thought, uh, okay, well, you know, that's you know, kind of tough, puts me in that uh, tough position because they are a sponsor and all that stuff. But, you know, to my, uh, you know, when I went to uh, that GIE in 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, had them so excited uh, to to meet me in person, and you know they just wanted to show me the machine and how they improved on everything that I talked about in my video, and uh, you know, so just that uh, to have a company like that that stands behind their products and is ready to admit that hey, you know something went wrong here, we didn't maybe quite designed this properly or, you know, didn't think about this certain situation that, you know, may have affected or, or, you know, this condition happens during that sort of scenario mowing a lawn in that kind of condition or whatever the case may be, you know, something that you got overlooked and, you know, they completely redesigned that bracket based on that video and that feedback because then they started saying, well, then we, they started getting more complaints from people about that same bracket that I talked about originally in that video. And, uh, you know, they would say, you know, they'd have uh, some dealers, you know, across the country emailing them and saying, hey, have you guys, uh, you know, we're running into an issue with a customer who ordered this thing and it's, you know, doing this. And they're like sending them the link to my video and going, you know, because in the video, I showed them like actual video footage on that YouTube video of like the, you know, uh, the lawn being like, you can see uh, where it gouges out uh, from using that bracket. And they're like, you mean this? Like, we already know about it. We're working on a fix. So, you know, having them be so um, willing to accept that sort of uh, critique uh, and knowing that it's in their best interest. Obviously, you know, I'm, you know, when you have somebody who's reviewing products and stuff like that and being honest about it, that it's uh, best for everybody. It's best for the industry. It's best for that company to improve that product. Uh, and uh, it's best for the end users, everybody who's following that content and, uh, you know, looking for those recommendations to get those sort of honest reviews uh, and be able to uh, do that. So my biggest advice to you guys, like I said, is to take, um, you know, that information that you see with a grain of salt, unless it's from a trusted source uh, that you deem trustworthy. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, uh, those that know me, that truly know me, that follow my content know that uh, I will always be honest about uh, my experiences uh, with equipment. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't ever uh, recommend something to you guys, a brand, a particular piece of equipment, regardless of who the company is, regardless of whether they're sponsoring my content or not sponsoring content, um, just because I couldn't sleep at night. If, uh, you know, I was uh, recommending something uh, that wasn't uh, good to you guys, the amount of offers that I get uh, through DMs and stuff for stuff that is so unrelated to lawn care. Um, and I only bring this up because I've had other comments from people saying uh, things like uh, you're a shill or something like that, because, you know, you're just, you know, talking about this certain brand or this or, you know, you're just testing these products that this company's sending you or whatever the case may be. And I always laugh at that because it's like, if I was truly a shill, number one, I wouldn't um, put out 
bad reviews about stuff, which I clearly do. Uh, like I said, the RB60, uh, you'll see uh, when I do this DLM2100 uh, video, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, you know the stuff I don't like about that. Uh, the Golden Edge Edger Blade was another one that I think is a complete fail uh, that I did uh, you know a, a bad review video on as well. Uh, and uh, you know, it's one of those things. And and like I said, there's so many things, so many offers that I get um, for, you know, hey, you know, we saw your YouTube channel and uh, we'd like you to promote, uh, you know, we're willing to pay you to uh, promote our product, uh, you know, at the beginning of your video. And sometimes it's stuff that's kind of related to lawn care, uh, you know, tools or, or accessories or things but they're just not good quality that I could see like right off the bat without even trying them. And I just not interested. Like I'm not going to promote that stuff because I know you guys trust me. So I'm not going to promote garbage and have, you know, uh, just to make a quick buck. Uh, other ones is things like, you know, uh, Bitcoin and things like that. Um, or like these, uh, 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 sports betting sites and things like that, like that, uh, get, um, or video games and things like that, that want, you know, to me to have or include their little, uh, thing in my video, um, uh, in the beginning, it's like, you know what, I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested in promoting that stuff because, you know, I don't want people to think that for, you know, that I'm endorsing that stuff and that it's safe to use those betting sites and things like that just for me to make a quick buck off of uh and then have you guys you know uh you know trust that or think it's safe because you saw it on my videos or on my channel or something like that and go that so it's not something that i would ever do if i'm if i'm recommending a product uh, on my channel or whatever the case may be or on this podcast or uh you know a brand or something like that it's because i've worked with the brand it's because i know the brand i'm trusting them and even then it doesn't mean that every product is going to be good take you know case in point with the echo stuff you know there's lots of products that i will recommend there's lots that i won't uh recommend uh, with echo stuff that i think is uh you know they just don't live up uh to the claim uh you know of being a good product so it's just one of those things so you're always going to get that with me so keep that uh you know uh you know, in mind uh, when you're uh, listening to other influencers, uh, so to speak, uh, or a thing that, you know, if it's a trusted source, if they sort of have that sort of proven track record, uh, because there's not really any one brand uh, that, uh, you know, I can recommend. I can recommend, of course, uh, Xmark uh, and Milwaukee for the, you know, the tools that I've used and uh, certain Echo products that I've used and, you know, Spiker Spreaders and, you know, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, the gorilla lifts for the, uh, you know, uh, trailer, um, tailgate, uh, springs and stuff like that. You know, if I try out something and I've been using it for a few years and I recommend it, it's because it's a good product, you know, QJO yardware, the shoes, uh, and that, uh, the pants that I'm trying out now, if it works out, you're going to hear about it because it works out. And I want to save you guys that time. But in terms of a brand, like what do you do if you don't have an Xmark dealer by you or you don't have like a Toro dealer, which would be like sort of the next best thing because they're basically, uh, you know, a lot of shared products and stuff like that. Well, you got to use what is convenient to you. If you don't have an Xmark dealer by you because uh, it's like 100 miles away, but there's like a Skag dealer by you, then, you know, if you have that dealer support there, that is first and foremost, the most important thing to do is, you know, get that unless you have experience with that particular brand and it hasn't worked out for you. Then of course, you know, you might want to travel farther, uh, to get, uh, you know, a different, uh, brand. So, you know, with somebody like me, I'm only ever going to recommend, uh, you know, brands that I've used, uh, and have worked out for me. That doesn't mean that there's not other products out there that work just as well or maybe work better in some cases. Um, and there may be better options for you uh, based on your location or where you're from. For me, you know, uh, we can reverse this as well. Uh, so, you know, 
let's talk about backpack blowers. So backpack blowers, you know, I'm using uh, the Echo stuff uh, partly because, you know, I was part of the UAG program. They sent him to me. I uh, have been very happy with uh, their two-stroke equipment because, like I said, it's a very basic two-stroke equipment. It's always very reliable. There's no valves, no overcomplicated uh, stuff to it. It always runs uh, and seems to work very well compared to when you know I was using steel equipment previously. And I uh, was having uh, some issues uh, with that sort of stuff uh, because of all the valves with the, the four mix motors. Like I said, uh, with things like the HS45 hedge trimmer and the MS170 chainsaw, you know, those are basic two stroke motors. And, you know, I prefer those over the Formix stuff. Uh, they seem uh, to be uh, much more reliable over the long run. Uh, but, you know, if we were to talk about blowers, one of the most popular blowers that I see, at least on social media, is Red Max. A lot of you guys live and die over Red Max, right? You guys are like die hard Red Max fans when it comes to blowers. If it wasn't for GIE, when I went to GIE in uh, the last one that I went to is 2019 before uh, uh, the apocalypse there that hit the world. Uh if it wasn't for GIE, I would still to this day have never seen a Red Max blower in person. It's just one of those things. And same with, um, uh, what was that other brand? Uh, right Stander. Right Stander Mowers. Uh, another one that is very popular that I see uh, on social media. It's just not available here where I am. There is no Red Max here. There's no Right Standers here. Uh, but uh, I remember... Uh, going to, uh, I think it was one of the Echo events in Chicago, uh, and it got picked up at the airport. And I was, uh, uh, you know, the driver was driving through uh, some suburb areas in Chicago, and I was on the highway, and we we're zooming past, and I could see some residential houses and things. And I saw a guy mowing, and he was on a right stander. And I was like, wait, I was getting like all excited, like, there's a right stander. Like, that's the first time I've seen a right stander in person, sort of, even though I'm on a freeway doing 100, you know, <laughs> kilometer or 100 miles an hour, whatever the speed limit is on the highway. Uh, and, uh, you know, seeing this uh, right stander, I recognized it right away because I see it so often on social media. And, uh, but it was just, you know, it's just one of those things, right? So could Red Max blowers uh, be better than the Echo blowers? It could be, but my experience is using the Echo blowers. Red Max isn't available to me here. There's no dealers that carry them. And, you know, so I got to, obviously I'm not going to travel uh, halfway around the country to go because Red Max seems to be more of an East Coast, Eastern uh, part of the continent brand, um, even up and down uh, the West Coast in the U.S. and stuff uh, from people that I have uh, interviewed uh, on the podcast and stuff as well. Red Max is, doesn't seem to be very popular uh, uh, on the West Coast. Uh, so just one of those things where they just don't, uh, maybe don't have distribution this way. So it's just not really a big brand uh, on this side. So again, you know, you see guys, you know, live and die by uh, Red Max blowers on the East Coast. Could it possibly be better than, uh, say, like the Echo blowers and stuff like that? It could be, but I don't have that experience to share. I don't have uh, that because we just don't have access to those uh, brands here. So it works in reverse. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to travel halfway around the country to get a Red Max blower um, when, you know, and then something goes wrong with it and then there's no dealer here to support it and all that sort of stuff. So you have to put, you know, your location as part of it. And, uh, you know, see what's available to you. Of course, that's another big one is availability. Sometimes, uh, you know, the brands uh, that are around you just aren't available. There's maybe no stock available. I know a lot of people that have been waiting because of, uh, you know, the pandemic and all that sort of stuff, all the supply chain issues, uh, you know, Xmark commercial 30s have uh, still uh, been sort of in short supply from what I hear from people looking for them, that they're hard to find. They can't find them with Kohler engines, uh, the X-Series versions uh, with the Kohler engine that, uh, you know, they're able to find the Kawasaki ones and stuff like that. 
So, you know, depending on what you're looking for, you may not, you know, be able to find exactly uh, what it is. Uh, so you have to go, you know, sometimes with a different option because it's uh, what's more readily available. So having that dealer support is very important. Warranty is another thing to consider. You know, if you can have one that has a better warranty uh, than an other uh, brand, if that's, uh, you know, if one company offers a different warranty and stuff. What I will say uh, as well is that sometimes, you know, going with a cheaper option, you have to weigh apples to apples and oranges to oranges, not apples to oranges. Uh, so, you know, I know, um, uh, you know when the Xmark Starist came out, uh, you know, there was a, a couple of other brands that then put out 32-inch uh, stand-on mowers the following year. And, you know, became a lot more options where that Xmark was the first, you know, 32 inch uh, standard that had an adjustable uh, deck uh, previously to that. I think uh, only the right standard had a 32, but it was a fixed deck model. So if you wanted something with an adjustable deck, you were out of options until the Xmark came out, right? So then the Xmark came out and then it had uh, the adjustable uh, deck manual adjustment, but it had an adjustable deck. And then a lot more of other options came out. And, but a lot of the other options that I noticed right away, you know, they had, um, you know, single point height adjustment, but they were a lot lighter duty machines. They weren't on the same, uh, ballpark or playing field as the Xmark stars. So Xmark equipment is just built like tanks. Uh, you know, the stuff will take a beating and keep on going. Uh, so a lot of that other stuff just wasn't in the same quality. Now it may not matter for you. Uh, you may prefer the options that are given on that other brand. Uh, if they have something like saying a single point height adjustment that you really want versus manual height adjustment. Um, but you know, if you're depending on what your the lawns you're mowing, or you know whether you have employees that are using the machine and stuff like that, you know maybe going for a better quality built with less options is a better idea. So there's a lot of that to weigh. It's the same sort of um, you know uh, sort of debate I have with the XMark Navigator versus uh, the original Walker I had. Obviously, Walker uh, was a brand that designed that sort of whole out front type of uh, that type of mower with that. Uh, you know, uh, hopper on the back and all that sort of stuff. To me, after owning both of them, the don't get me wrong, the Walker is a fantastic machine. Uh, but I see them as two different use case scenarios for those types of machines. If, you know, you need to bag a lot of lawns, but you might have the need for different deck sizes or you want to be able to use that machine with different attachments um, because uh, Walker offers a bunch of attachments like a, you know, uh, like bulldozer type blade. There's a like a loader bucket. There's all sorts of things that you can take the deck off of and buy these different attachments to go on. There's also a lot of aftermarket attachments because Walker has been, uh, you know, with that design for so long, uh, things like aerators and things that can attach to it, um, to use that type of machine, then that may be the option. But if you have sort of rougher lawns or commercial properties that aren't, you know, the greatest, um, you know, and a lot more, you're going to be a lot rougher on the machine. Uh, and you're not interested in the attachments. You're not interested in different deck sizes and stuff like that, which is what I found when I owned the Walker. I had two different decks. I had a mulch deck and a, a regular deck for it. And I only used the mulch deck uh, for one month total uh, because I found it was just too much of a pain to switch them out. They're so heavy to move around and stuff like that, uh, that, uh, you know, I just never ended up using uh, anything other than that GHS deck. Um, so, you know, to switch out attachments, things like that, just something I just wouldn't use or do. So then, you know, fast forward to now using uh, the Navigator, and I like the Navigator a lot better because it's built way more rugged. Uh, it can handle the rough properties, a lot of the rough stuff that, uh, you know, because we get so much rain, um, you know, not all these lawns are completely, you know, level and flat and beautiful. A lot of them are very bumpy and stuff. And I feel that Xmark can handle it better um, just because it's just built a lot heavier duty. Uh, I like a lot of the innovations. I think they improved in a lot of the original 
uh, walker design and ch- you know changed a lot of the things that were troublesome with that original design have been improved uh, with uh, Xmark's uh, take on that uh, design uh, and overall it's been a fantastic machine it's proven to me you know uh, even from you know using it last year through that fall with just in the middle of wind and rain and just you know piles of wet leaves here on the west coast and that machine just sucked them all up and uh, you know never even skipped a beat um it, it's just fantastic and then thinking back to you know a lot of those properties that i mow i still mowed back then when i had the walker and uh i remember it clogging uh, and having issues and stuff uh, at the time now granted you know that machine was brand new uh that was like 2007 uh 2008 2009 2010 uh, that i would have owned that machine uh so i'm sure they improved in a lot of stuff since then um but that's my experience right that's what i'm going off of uh whereas uh, the x mark has it's completely surprised me. I think I've talked about how um, in a video I was planning to do last fall with the navigator, how I was going to, you know, show the vacuuming of uh, the sort of the wet leaves all matted together and all stuff. But I, you know, intended that it wasn't going to be able to do it just because, Hey, it's wet leaves are all matted together. Like it's going to clog at some point. And that on the, uh, navigator there's a section of the screen inside the hopper that separates the debris from the air that's being uh uh you know generated by the blower system and allows the air to uh you know escape out of the hopper uh and with the walker when i own that you had to actually buy different size screens so if you're regular mowing you'd use a small screen with like small holes in it and then if you're going to do like tough conditions then you use like this screen that had like one inch holes uh so that it would allow more airflow as the screen got clogged up with wet grass and stuff with the navigator they've only got this one screen that has actually much smaller holes in it than even the the uh, walkers but then it's got a strip of say like a three inch strip at the front of that screen that it's actually removable for those tough conditions so you know that's one improvement that i think uh, because you don't have to buy multiple screens you don't have to store one of them or remember to bring it with you you just have the one screen in the navigator and you can just remove that little section in the front if you got tough conditions so i done was getting this video i was planning it all out to to sort of set up the audience, uh, so to speak, in that, you know, I'm going to mow this, see how it does. And then I fully intended to get clogged, have to remove the screen and then show how that screen then, you know, if you remove that in that same conditions, won't clog. The only problem was, is that as I did the video, the mower never clogged, even with a screen on there. Like it's just so, the amount of suction is so much more powerful with the deeper deck and all that sort of stuff that uh, it just, it didn't have any issues so i was like almost laughing in the video like oh my goodness like i'm planning to do this to remove this and i can't even do that because it's it's not giving me issue and to this day it has not given me an issue it has not clogged once i have not had to stop because of that and i will sometimes go knowing that like i'm mowing an area the alarm starts going off on the machine to tell me that the hopper is full but I've only got a little bit of grass, like a little you know area left. And I'm like, I don't want to go all the way to like the compost thing, dump that and come all the way back to just mow it. I'm just going to squeeze it in there. Right. And I just keep mowing with it. And the thing starts beeping and beeping and beeping because it's like full and still it won't clog. It's like crazy uh, to me. Uh, whereas uh, I remember with uh, the walker, it would clog as soon as that uh, uh, alarm would go off. If you didn't stop right away, it was it was, you know, you'd you'd have the, the green arm then having to uh, stick your arm all the way down that tube uh, area to the blower to try to unclog things. You'd have to lift up the deck, have to clear out that, uh, uh, you know, that um, chute part that was in the middle of it. Uh, uh, so yeah, it was just one of those things, right? So it's, it's been completely uh, surprising to me. So when you hear recommendations, like I say, obviously if I tell you uh, X mark for certain products, you know, I'm going to recommend uh, because based on my experience, I've had a good experience with them. I've had a good experience not only for mowing, but also for when I have an issue with them, uh, that they're quick to respond and, you know, they're quick to address those issues. Like, what more can you ask from, from a company that if I point out something that they designed wrong, that they immediately go and redesign it uh, for everybody, that they don't, you know, sit there or deny it or uh, don't, uh, you know, 
you know, don't go to that. Like they completely redesigned that bracket uh, for that Starus. Uh, and uh, what you get today, if you're out there buying a Starus and you need a bracket for the bagger kit, you're buying that bracket is a direct result from that video I did of uh, that first version that they had uh, that failed. So it's one of those, uh, you know, what more can you ask from from a company like that? Where, you know, and then you got some other companies where I've recommended stuff, some companies where, you know, uh, I recommend stuff or, or give a bad review and then you don't hear from them anymore or they don't send you any more stuff. And it's just what it is. But I'd rather have that uh, than to, uh, you know, lead you guys uh, on the wrong path because of, uh, you know, just making a quick buck or a few bucks here or there or whatever the case may be, uh, you know. In that uh, sort of a sense of it, uh, just because, uh, like I said, uh, I wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, sleep at night. Even, uh, you know, not everybody's experience is going to be the same. I know that, uh, you know, with QJO Yardware, here's an, a, a classic example where I have had a great experience with Cujo Yardware. My very first pair of Cujo Yard shoes, the ones with like the laces on it, the original pair, um, you know, they sent me to try out. I've got three seasons on the, that pair and they are still together. They don't have any rips. They haven't, of course they're worn the, the, you know, the soles and stuff are worn and all that sort of stuff. They show three years of use on them, but I could still put them on and use them, uh, is my point. Now I've, you know, I've since gotten new pairs and, and, you know, tried out different ones and stuff like that. But I've also heard from other people who have, you know, bought them because they hear that I have a good experience and then they don't have a good experience. And they say that, oh, it ripped or it fell apart or whatever, only within a few months. And for me, it's like, okay, it's kind of hard to believe because, I've got three years on this pair. So it's kind of, you know, doesn't make sense to me, but obviously, you know, things can happen. It could be just a production run, something, you know, didn't work out. Uh, and, uh, you know, they have a bad experience, but it's one of the, even in those cases, I kind of, you know, I feel bad because it's like, you know, if the person's buying it based on my experience and then they have a bad experience, then I feel bad. But at the same time, I can only do so much, right? I, I can only be, give you guys uh, the feedback based on my own personal experience. There's always going to be, you know, potential for issues with stuff, uh, on every, you know, production product, anything that's, you know, mass produced, there could be issues with, uh, and also, um, you know, just small issues with the certain things, uh, that could be, uh, you know, especially when you have machine, like take, for example, machines that, you know, take Skag or Xmark or Honda, or, or Honda is actually a bad example because Honda makes their motors. Uh, but with anything else, uh, like a Skag or the Xmark or, um, you know, Walker or whatever the case may be, you know, they're not making gravely, they're not making the motors, right? The motors are usually like a Kawasaki or, you know, or a Vanguard or, um, you know, a Kohler engine and stuff like that, right? So, and then they're taking, they're ordering those motors from those other manufacturers, and then just putting them into their mower that they're making. So if there's an issue with that motor or that mower because of a, you know, an engine problem or something like that, well, that's not really the fault of that company that makes that mower because they're not making the engine, right? They're ordering the engine and, you know, then you've got this whole other supply chain and this whole other company and manufacturing process making that motor for that machine. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, different things to consider uh, when you're looking for equipment. I know with those Xmark Commercial 30s, some people love uh, the uh, Kawasaki ones. Some people prefer the Kohler ones. I've heard from people that don't want anything to do with the Kohler ones, that they've had bad you know, luck with anything uh, with a Kohler engine. It's all, uh, you know, relative and, and there's so many different, um, variables, like the altitude where you live, right? If you're in, you know, higher areas like Colorado and stuff like that, where the air is thinner and things like that, you're going to have, you know, different issues versus and different climate that's going to affect that motor and how it runs versus somebody say in Washington state. Uh, so, you know, there's all different, uh, variables and stuff like that. And you got to all take it with a grain of salt, who you're following, who you're listening to, uh, for those recommendations. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the be all end all, uh, you know, 
there's always there's no perfect products uh and uh you know just uh be careful who you follow in that regard and uh you know just who you trust uh, is basically uh, what I would say uh, with uh, a lot of the social media people and a lot of advice uh, that you find online and stuff like that, uh, just to, uh, you know, uh, decide for yourself uh, if uh, the content, where you're getting the content from, and uh, if that person uh, who's recommending the product, you know, has uh, sort of a proven track record of giving out, uh, you know, that negative, uh, reviews along with good reviews as well. And, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you can kind of tell when people are, uh, not uh, quite as honest or they've got, uh, uh, sort of, uh, their own self, uh, you know, interests at heart, uh, uh, before, uh, putting, uh, you know, their audience ahead uh, of them as well. So uh, I'm just going to leave it uh, at that. Uh, just know that, uh, there's no you know, any one particular brand, everybody's different. Every business is different. Everybody's needs are different. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you're hearing, uh, for me talking about Milwaukee or X marker, you know, uh, some of the echo stuff, uh, and recommending whatever the case may be or whatever the product may be, uh, it's because, you know, I trust that product and I've had uh, a good uh, experience with that product. doesn't mean it's the best product. Like I said, Maybe uh, those Red Max blowers are the be-all, end-all. Maybe they are better uh, than uh, what I'm used to using, but I just don't have that experience uh, in using that. So there's so many different variables and things like that uh, as well. Uh, so uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.